0: From the high desert in Far East, West Texas, this is the world's fastest scoring sports media podcast with that sports TV ratings. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash stvr. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I'm Robert Seidman, and uh, it's uh, a Christmas time. And uh, unfortunately for me, Jim Miller canceled out on me and rescheduled for January 3rd and uh, the backup rescheduled. Uh, But it's still Christmas because, A, I get to talk to uh, the big leads, Ryan Glassbeagle, on the heels of consuming like a Godfather trilogy length Richard Deitch uh, year end review roundtable that I think ran uh, two hours and 45 minutes. So um, it, it, it is kid in the candy store time if you love sports media because there's just never anything that never a shortage of uh, topics to talk about so ryan welcome back to the podcast
1: thank you i think this is my third time i'm blessed to be your third choice for the day Um, uh i feel bad bad about that 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 you would have with jim miller but
0: (laughs) Uh, so (laughs) so look when 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 you know when richard deitch says his podcast gets the most downloads for, uh, for Orand and, um, and Mr. Miller, you know, that's true for my podcast. It, 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 Richard, Richard John and, uh, and Jim, they, they top my podcast numbers charts, uh, too, but, uh, but you're actually, uh, in the, in the relatively obscure world that we dwell in, you are relatively not that obscure. And I have empirical data to back that up. Huh. So, uh,
1: um, you want to, you wanna, you'll have to have me on with Draper. I think he does a good job and we could spar a little on some stuff. I,
0: I like the idea that, uh, I really like, uh, I like Kevin as a, as a talking head, uh, about the sports media very much. Uh, so, uh, I think the, uh, the, the news of the day so far is, uh, is Rusillo is leaving ESPN. Um, quick thoughts on that. He, okay. So they,
1: they have not, um, treated him like he is one of their priorities in the last year. They put Stephen A. Smith on in his time slot on SiriusXM and then decided, okay, now Stephen A. is going to be in this spot nationally. And so they put Rosillo in afternoon drive time with Will Kane in the spot that Bomani Jones is going to be leaving. And it sounds like Afternoon drive time is the pinnacle of success as a national radio host, but it's actually not because for ESPN radio, the best slots are the Mike and Mike, which is now Mike and Trey, which if you're going to be an ESPN radio affiliate, it is a non-starter if you don't carry that show. Like ESPN makes all of its affiliates carry that. And then – the slot that Lebetard is in now that Colin used to be in is on most affiliates. And that is drive time in the morning on the West coast. So those two spots are really good, but in what is proverbially afternoon drive on the East coast, this is where the affiliates really flex their muscles and say, we are putting on local shows. So in most cities of any major stature, they have people talking about their own teams in that slot. So the four to seven PM slot on ESPN radio nationally, well it might you might have more listeners in aggregate than the people who are on the night shows on ESPN radio. Uh you're on in less markets. Right. And so there's like it was explained to me once where it's like, okay, there might be more people who will listen to me every day but there are a lot less people who have the opportunity to hear me once a month. And I think that the night shows are actually in weird way, maybe better than the drive time for these hosts. So Russillo kind of knows by getting moved there that he's not an a number one priority at the company. And I think, it, it, maybe he did make this decision just because he knows he is going to have an opportunity, but I believe it's more than just like he thinks he's going to have an opportunity somewhere else, whether that's like Barstool, which is starting a, a 24-hour XM station, right. whether it's the Ringer where he has a relationship with Bill Simmons. You've got to imagine that he has a wink and a nod that he's not going to be out of work for long in this decision,
0: yeah, that that uh, that is my take. So, uh, so in in, in uh, your pick, them uh, barstool or ringer, where will he land?
1: I'd say barstool. I think barstool is uh, frankly a better opportunity because they have that money coming in from Sirius XM. They they have that infusion of cash to start a network, and I just think that that is like. Y- He can go, either The Ringer or Barstool, he can go and talk about whatever he wants. Although, I I feel like with The Ringer, they have a lot of these sports-specific podcasts, so they maybe have him doing like a lot of NBA, and while that's in his wheelhouse, uh, in Barstool, he can go and just have whatever show he wants every day and... They don't even you don't even know what ratings are on Sirius XM. They claim right. to not be able to measure <laughs> listenership. So right. there's really no pressure in that job. And you you just go there, you do what you want and go home. And it, I, I think that that would be a good spot for him.
0: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I haven't done a podcast or really talked to anybody, uh, you know, uh, for the podcast about, uh, you know, uh, John Skipper's abrupt resignation. Um, and, I, you know, I'd just like to hear your, your quick thoughts on it. Uh,
1: yeah, it, no, it, we, we both listened to Deitch with Orion and Jim Miller, and my reporting echoes what Orion said, which is that everybody I've talked to had no idea this was coming. The timing was completely abrupt because he was out in front giving that pep talk to um, ESPN on-air talents last week. Yeah, the he, social media they stuff. just acquired the Fox Sports RSN, which put I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but it puts ESPN, if it goes through, in even a bigger position of power yep. in sports television. And it just it, it, it seemed like, like he just signed a multi year extension, which was something that I reported. And so by all appearances he had a mandate to continue on this trajectory. And it was extremely curious that in the way if, if it's addiction in a vacuum, you wonder why he didn't just take a weave of absence if this was a job that yeah. he felt strongly about portraying publicly as recently as late last week, so you wonder. And look, I don't. It's it's if it, if it really is ju- not just, but if it really is in a vacuum, an addiction issue, and the weight of the world was on his shoulders, and he's like, I can't do this job and get my personal demons in order then I, what I'm saying is going to make me sound like a total asshole, but you wonder if there's another shoe to drop. And I, I,
0: so I, it's I been don't...
1: 48 hours now when we're keeping it. Another shoe hasn't dropped yet, but you, ha- you have to wonder when you see that announcement.
0: Yeah, so I don't honestly I don't think that makes you as much as an a, of an asshole as I am for being cynical about the the barstool stuff with Chernin. Uh, but uh I I I was I was stunned. Honestly, I'm still stunned. Uh I I I'm, I'm still trying to kind of piece it together. And and uh, I thought you know, so I will give you and Richard some beef maybe about about how you deal with Barstool, but I thought Richard did a really great job yesterday kind of trying to push this point. Uh, you know, is there another, maybe he was more ginger about, maybe he did it more gingerly than than just putting it out there. Is there another shoe? But, uh, you know, he, he tried in repeated ways with, with various guests, uh, to, to, uh, to, to float that out there. And, um, and I, I, I am very much wondering about it. And, and the reason is, and I have not seen this reported anywhere and Jim didn't, I don't think he talked about it on Deitch's podcast, uh, yesterday, um, Jim tweeted like it was his second tweet after the uh, you know the the John Skipper news came out. He tweeted that that no Skipper did not just sign that contract. That the, the contract or, was signed. Yeah, it, the, the contract was happen- signed a while ago. Put- but uh, but it was only just announced. And so if there was like some I don't know sixty day ninety day gap between execution of the contract and announcement of the contract, even that adds a layer of intrigue for me. Uh, as far as where, whether there's any kind of other shoe, well,
1: yeah, I don't know. If, if there is another shoe, it had to be something that came about really abruptly, um, because if there was another shoe, I don't think they put him out there front and center talking about um, how, like, how they should be proud to work at ESPN and how ESPN is going to remain this dominant force so it's really whatever
0: yeah, it's this
1: other shoe is if there is one it had to have really dropped over the weekend
0: yeah so, so let me let me let me, who let knows? me yeah so who, who knows indeed so you know other shoe or not so even with no other shoe so if you say there's definitely not another shoe this is all there is it's still hard to reconcile the timing and how they did it
1: yeah it We could go in circles like this forever. Everybody was blindsided. Like, Dan Lebitard is the person, is the talent at ESPN who Skipper arguably had the closest relationship with. Like, they are, they'd been in constant contact for years and years. And Lebitard found out about when all the rest of us did. And he had no idea before going on the air that this was coming. And he found out while he was on the air.
0: Yeah, and that was powerful. That so, was powerful uh, radio.
1: I don't know what, um, like what we can say. It's, I don't want to speculate on any specifics. Anybody who's been following the news cycle over the last four months probably has skepticism about what may or may not have happened, but it is, it's it just, the timing of it, I, look, I know that, was it, it might have been Miller, or no, it was Stelter who had a source, a high ranking source at ESPN, who explained the timing as saying addiction doesn't move in straight lines. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe something connected with a substance addiction happened this weekend that doesn't have anything to do with the me too movement, but it's all, I don't know. we're, We're talking through this and I'm trying to be like careful not to say anything that I'll regret. And I don't know of anything that happened, but you just, it's just, it'd be so hard to believe if we go the next, year and don't find something
0: out yeah so uh let let me let me be very clear so i you know i wish john skipper nothing nothing but the best Uh, and i don't have any reason to speculate about anything Uh, and I, i think you know a lot of the uh you know a lot of the circling around is 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 probably just people trying to talk through uh being stunned uh by what happened but uh uh, it's you know it's a it's kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. So I you know I just really I you know I I feel for the folks at ESPN because I mean it, it, it's hard for it's hard for me to wrap my arms around it. I can't imagine how hard it is for the for the people who are, who are working at ESPN.
1: Oh God, yeah, and look, there are so they 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 talked about this on the Deitch podcast. There are so many properties there that frankly don't exist without. A different person in charge of that network, yep. and you could start with Five Thirty Eight and the Undefeated. Like, what happens to them? Yep. Um, SC Six, we've talked about a thousand times. It's they adjusted that show so that Mike and Jamel are now traditional anchors, and it didn't yep. seem like even with Skipper that sh- that show was going to be long for this earth anyway.
0: Um,
1: this Greeny show. Look, Miller talked about how they've already got $6.5 million invested in Greenie. They've got millions more dollars invested in Beatle and Jalen on their new deals that they did to do this show. Yep. They have this New York studio, which I don't even know how much it costs to construct one of those. And then they have New York City union production costs, which are substantially more than what it costs to have a show produced in Bristol. So they have not just that greeny six and a half million dollars tied up in it. I I wanna I would say that this show costs twenty to thirty million dollars more than it would cost to produce <laughs> Sage Steel Stick to
0: Sports Center in Bristol. Oh. Oh. And
1: so it they 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 gotta make that back.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'd, I'd push back on the, on the numbers, but the, but the honest truth is, is like, even if I cut it in half, it doesn't change your point ending. Right. So even if, even if you're, you're wrong on the cost by a hundred percent, your, your point is uh, is still right on. Right. It's an expensive, it's an expensive show.
1: You have to talk about the opportunity cost of devaluing a property that had been a cash cow and Mike and Mike for the company. So it, if you add that in, too, it, these costs really do add up. And they, there's a lot riding on this show. And without Skipper as somebody who really pushed for this, you've got to wonder what's going to happen, like how long of a leash it gets to find itself. But it's, it's, it's I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. The uh, you know, I mean, I think that speaks to Skipper, right? Because like, I, I am i 'm not traditionally a bean counter, but my mindset is more bean countery and uh you know i'd have looked at the landscape and i'd have gone no way don 't launch this show. Why would you do this? You already screwed up e s p n two by moving first take, and now you 're moving all these other pieces around you know it's just it's just more more of the same, and I think the pushback there would have been actually, this is the response to uh, regain the footing after we made all the changes across ESPN 2 and ESPN. And I, you know, I, I, I kind of hope they're right about it, but uh, you know, I've talked about it elsewhere and, uh, and you know, you've seen it from, from Orand and others. Uh, people aren't very bullish on the prospects of the ratings for, uh, for uh, greenies new show. What's your take on that?
1: Uh, what does it need to be stick to sports center by to be considered a success? 20 percent 30 percent they're not going to do that so
0: what what it, was what was like, stick to what stick to sports center doing you're you're watching the ratings more than i am these days what sticks to sports Center? i'm doing?
1: actually i don't know but i i i really haven't been paying attention to what stick to sports center does in the viewership but it um i i don't know how who where are the people who are watching like Morning Joe or Fox and Friends or Today Show or Good Morning America that are going to flip to ESPN because it's this group of people instead of traditional sports center. And that's where I'm wondering wh- where that they come from. So that is my question about it. But the my, I had Michael McCarthy on my podcast a few months ago and he mentioned that Greeny was going door to door with the sponsors asking how he could work with them, how he could integrate them into their show to his satisfaction. So there's a belief with Greeny that they can outsell the viewership, whatever the viewership is. And maybe that's true to an extent, but these ad buyers want to see viewership metrics. And at some point they're going to demand it. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. I've been, uh, I have been thinking of the ratings, uh, more in terms of uh, how it compares to first take right cuz because money wise it's more in line with a show like that than the uh, the stick to sports center so i just thought that you know that's a that's a pretty good barometer so i'm just pulling up a random day the, the, this the, the greeny show is supposed to to launch in April, right? Is that still is that still the timing?
1: It could, but it there could be a delay again. Would you be uh,
0: surprised? Given oh no no, but it won't already be. been a delay. And- no no, but it won't it won't be before April. So I, I pulled up a, a random uh, you know a random. Uh, I'm I'm going to pull up a random April day from this year just to see like what is the uh, what is the the first take ratings, what were the first take ratings in April of 2017? And, uh, and when that comes up, I'll, 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 I'll get, I'll get back to, uh, get back to talking about it. But, um, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I the idea, uh, particularly with Skipper gone, what's, what's, let, let's say it doesn't work. Let, let's say the rating, let's, you know, let's say I'm going to make up a number. Let's say it's doing 250,000 viewers. And uh, I don't, I don't think anybody is going to think two hundred fifty thousand viewers for a show of that stature with that money is good. But let's say that's what it does. Um, you know what? what's really on the line? I mean, so it's this is as spun as you know. They have a lot on the line with this, but other than the money which they they've spent uh, and and you know that that's sunk. What what's 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 on the line here? Is is, is Connor Shell on the line? Who's on the line? What's on the line?
1: Um, I wouldn't say Connors on the line because yeah, he's had a lot to do with this, but if it doesn't work now, they can pin it on Skipper, right?
0: (laughs) Right. That's actually good timing from that perspective. Uh, so, so last April, uh, what day is this? April 11th, Tuesday, April 11th, 2017. I just pulled that up as a, you know, a random, a random day for first take. And uh, the first take from ten to noon that day had three hundred sixty-three thousand viewers. So I think the bar is actually pretty low, right? I mean, if you know, if first take is the bar, the bar is pretty low. But uh, but. Can it? You know, can it? Then what's
1: the point in paying that much for it? Why
0: not? What's the point? What's what's the point of paying Stephen A. Smith? um, I mean, it's the same thing, though. Like, what's like? What's the point of first take? Well, Stephen A. is on that
1: show. He's on Radio Daily. Yeah, he's twenty four. He is on Sports Center all the time, talking about the NBA. What is Green going to do other than this
0: show? That's a great point because uh, let me say this about whatever anyone says about Stephen A. Smith. I feel like. He will make himself available to ESPN twenty four seven for weeks at a time if they ask him, and uh, and they do ask him. It looks like so. Uh, that's a good point. Um, yeah, yeah. You're not used to me agreeing with you. You, I, I think I, 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 I silenced <laughs> you by agreeing with you. Uh, you're a smart guy, Ryan. I, I agree with you. I agree with you quite a bit. Um, so uh, I, 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 I should have had my uh, my friend uh, Bill Gorman who is at TV Grim Reaper, uh. Uh, on this podcast too because there's a couple things you've done recently that i that i want to talk about uh the the parts that the part that plays the bill is he is an avid pete carroll hater uh so uh he should look up your piece on the uh on the uh it might be time for the seahawks i think your sentiment is uh, your question is is it time for the seahawks to move on from uh from him, and I think you concluded that it is time for the Seahawks to move on.
1: Well, it's, I, I love the philosophy that when you can see the when you can see the sky falling, it's better to get out in front of it, because look, if they part ways with it next year, I think is going to be a reckoning year for the Seahawks. Their defense is aging, expensive, ineffective, and not healthy. Michael Bennett's going to be 33 next year. Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor are going to be an old 30 next year. Earl Thomas an old 29. These people, these those four people, are all making over 10 million dollars a year in a salary cap league. Uh, It's they they don't have any offensive pieces to speak of besides Russell Wilson. Now it's a pretty big besides because there aren't many people who you can talk about in the NFL that have their franchise quarterback locked up for the next several years. And the Seahawks right. are fortunate enough to be one of them. But Carroll is 66 years old. So it's like, do you see him coming out on the other end of a rebuild? I don't. And I went on Seattle radio. They disagreed with me because, of course. Sherman and – Chancellor and Thomas may be an old 29 and 30. Pete Carroll is an exceedingly young 66. So they think that he, they they, they have a big loyalty to him for what he's brought them. I just don't think that this team is going to regain that. It seems like they've got pretty big discipline issues on defense. I don't know how you get rid of all of those guys. And I think it's, if you look at it as they're going to be bad next year, how do they optimize being good in 2019? I think that's with a new young coach getting a different voice in there and working through the growing pains like the 49ers have done. Now, that the Seahawks are in a different position because they're coming from a position of strength for several years, but I look at it as if they get out in front of this it's advantageous to them on a five-year time horizon if they pick the right new coach.
0: So, uh, on a you know, play, play it out as odds makers uh, Like, you know, what what uh, what do you give the chances of uh, the Seahawks moving on from Carroll, and what would the timing of that look like?
1: Twenty percent, because um, they. I think they'll be. It, it, look, he's not somebody who deserves to be fired because he is he's accomplished so much that one year maybe missing the playoffs isn't a fireable offense. But I think it would also be best for him to leave because if he does leave, he immediately becomes a hot commodity on a market that could have eight to 10 open jobs. And it allows him to pick a new spot where he can go in and win right away. And – so if they get together and they decide that it's what's best for both sides then it could happen, but I don't think that he'll be fired and I don't think that he'll leave if they don't want him to leave. So I don't believe what I said should happen is the most likely scenario. And frankly, I'm happy about that because it means I get the chance to see him potentially go 5-11 and 11 with the defense yelling at each other every week and that would just be fantastic. <laughs>
0: Okay, well this is a this is a, a great segue into my next question for you, which is and I know this is going to be hard for you, but like if you had to if you had to do like a, a top a top 10 ranking of the uh, the most insufferable NFL fan bases on Twitter. Where do the where do the Packers rank?
1: Are we insufferable? I don't know about uh, that. Uh, um, so, so for we, for, we, for 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 outsiders, Aj- I their, it, it probably I bet you it is annoying for fans of teams that have not had historical success. That Patriots fans and Packers, i don't think we're just as noxious as Patriots fans, but Packers fans really do feel like Super Bowl contention is a birthright, and even if like team the team loses in the NFC Championship game. We're like calling for the head of the defensive coordinator and things of that nature. So I could see where that would be insufferable for fans of like the Browns or something like that, or even the Lions. Uh, I feel the, the Patriots have to be number one, right, in terms of the most insufferable. And then
0: certainly in my timeline, but you know what? That might, that might be for reasons that have nothing to do with the Patriots.
1: I don't know where I'd put the Packers. I'd have to think about that more. I'm not. Okay. So for you outside of the Patriots thing, it's like thinking about insufferable fan bases all the time. (laughs) I hear it from, if I write about the Seahawks, I hear it from Seahawks fans. So I, when I write about the Packers, I usually feel like a lot of Packers fans on social media agree with me.
0: Okay, so behind the Patriots, who who would who would your your number two? You know, I don't know if it's the Giants, the Cowboys. You you just you just are sick of them. You don't want to hear them.
1: I you know I don't have that really. I think that that's more of a thing with college fans than NFL fans, and I don't yeah, maybe, really maybe, write maybe, that uh, much about college sports.
0: Yeah, that 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 could be. It could be. It could be that. Uh, It's just such a weird thing to
1: tie look, I know it's a weird thing to tie up your identity in sports teams, but it's even weirder when it's like eighteen to twenty-two year olds who are uncompensated and the coaches and administrators are raking in millions of dollars and are authoritarians. Like that's where it really you have to um like just not think logically at all to tie up all your emotions.
0: Yeah, I I, I who s-
1: uh, group for these college teams didn't even go to that college. Yep.
0: Yeah, so I, I I met the uh you know the insufferable NFL fan bases in a fun way. Um, you know, I so on the baseball side, like I don't know what it is, but uh it's it's hard, you know, it's hard in a fun way for me to endure Mets Twitter. Uh and so I was thinking, but it all in good fun. I was thinking about it like that. The uh, the college stuff is, is something else entirely. Where I don't think it is as much fun, and uh, I think there's a whole other level of crazy uh, added to the emotion of of the people who who bring that kind of heat on, on Twitter. Yeah, anyway. there is totally. So uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Ryan Glasspiegel exit question. So what are we and, gonna
1: do next? Are we gonna talk about the the RSNs or the? Oh yeah, let's uh, do that. Let's or do the password sharing.
0: Oh oh. Oh man, you're programming on my podcast. You're better at it than I am. Okay, let's do it. let's do them both. You do you have time? If you need to if you need to jump off, we will jump off. Let's yeah, uh, let's, let's do them both real quick. Okay, so let's start with the password sharing. Now, you wrote about this in March and uh, I'll try to include a link to your uh your, and your March wrote about story. It like
1: last year or 2 years ago.
0: And uh, you know, and since then, you know, I've had people, you know, whispering in my ear. I had you know, only the AT&T guy I think that I see go public about it, but but uh uh today uh, you know, blue, Charter. Blue, uh, uh, charter, so uh, is saying you know they're going to crack down on password sharing. So it's kind of gone from it's great, we love it, it makes our customers happy to hey, we've got to end this. Uh, and it, it seems it does seem like kind of a jarring transition. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on password sharing?
1: Yeah, so the the most significant thing in the Bloomberg piece is that they said Justin Connolly, who is like I guess generally head of technology at ESPN and distribution and he said that they are strongly considering going from allowing five concurrent streams of watch ESPN to allowing three. And what I said in the, my piece is like, should be one or two because like direct TV, Sunday NFL ticket only allows one, for example. So right. that's the thing about the password sharing is they, they, in some sense they wanted to get these people hooked on the product But they realized pretty quickly that that isn't as valuable as the $9 a month ESPN gets for ESPN and ESPN2 in a cable bundle. And so there was always a sense, though, that when they wanted to stop it, they possessed the technological means to stop it. And it looks like we're seeing the first step in that process coming soon.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know how it is on all cable providers. I actually don't even know how it is on my current one. But I, I know when I had like Comcast, I could create like five unique uh, user IDs and passwords for streaming. So, I know, mean, I had HBO and all that stuff. I was like, I you know, I emailed my brother. Here's a, you know, here's a password if you want to, you know, stream HBO just because I could. And, uh, you know, and and they seem to encourage that kind of thing. Um, and so I can certainly see yeah, why. Yeah, because they wanted...
1: They, they, they wanted people to be used to doing it at the time when they cracked down. Because if you're like a college kid and you're a diehard sports fan, I don't know that there are as many of those now as there were when I was in college, even just a decade ago. But if you're a college kid and you're a diehard sports fan and you don't have cable because it's like 180 bucks a month and you're using your parents' key, um, ESPN password, then you're, you're going to need to get some sort of skinny bundle to replace yep. that if it gets cut off. Because I don't care like what you say. If you're a sports fan, you can't live without ESPN's live rights. And yep. maybe, and it's, that's especially, let's use that to transition to the RSNs. This is especially true when we start getting into the 40-plus MLB, NBA, and NHL rights that are going to be on these ESPN, RSN packages. And this puts them in a position, um, I mean, uh, as as Kevin Draper said on your podcast last week, it puts them in a position to just bludgeon the cable companies in negotiations in these regions because, look, the Dodgers haven't been on a lot of TV for a couple years, but I don't, California is like a little bit of a different breed of sports fan. If you try telling like Cardinals fans or um, like the Yankees fans that they're not on TV, people <laughs> are going to switch to a provider that has them and you're going to lose them forever. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this gives ESPN a hand in the next round of rights. I thought it was really interesting what Orand wrote in his year end predictions that they're going to sell Comcast and ATT a few of these things to give them a bone yeah. before yeah. bludgeoning them. But um, I don't know. They It's going to be really fascinating to see how they integrate these, what they do with content, what it means for whether ESPN will re. Invigorate the idea of having a lot of local reporters. They tried and failed that with the ESPN city-specific sites, but now yeah. that they've got 140 St. Louis Cardinals games, it makes sense to have a pretty good baseball reporter in St. Louis, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, I mean, in particular, yeah, I
0: mean, and they, and I'm sure they have the, uh, you know, they have an insider on that broadcast already. Who, I mean, you know, separate from the. Uh, Separate from the broadcast announcers, they—they, they, I mean, the the RSNs have people like that who are there, so it's it's really easy for me to like, hey, you know, if there was a, you know, if there was a good game in in Kansas City, uh, you know, ES, ESPN going to the studio of the uh, what's currently the you know the Fox Sports Kansas City RSN and uh you know getting that coverage that way rather than you know trying to do a hit from Bristol.
1: Well, I, I forget who who brought this up, but. Carl Ravitz told Deitch, like, "Hey, people aren't watching baseball tonight anymore because in Boston they'd rather see Dennis Eckersley." Well, ESPN yep. just solved that problem and made those people ESPN
0: postgame viewers. Yep, yep, that's a good point. That's a good way to frame it. So now uh, they
1: paid over twenty billion dollars for these, and what's it, it's a, it's duly fascinating because what does Fox Sports do now? Do they turn around and sell? Everything else other than Fox, here's what I think, if I had to guess, this is what they're going to do. They will sell Fox broadcasts, which includes like their NFL rights and FS1 and FS2 together to something like, let's say, Verizon or Sony. And then they'll take Fox News and package it back into News Corp. That's what I would guess that they're going to do, but there are a million different possibilities. They could package everything into News Corp and decide we're going full throttle on live sports and live news. They could, like, I don't know. I'm worried, though, about what this means for FS1 studio shows because the way they ran those RSNs was it was generally the games and then pre- and post-game shows And occasionally they'd have, like, oh, let's do fishing and outdoors. But we did not have a lot of original content on those RSNs because, frankly, all people really give a shit about is the games. And But you and I are very interested in these sports studio shows. But we see, like, Deitch will make fun of Undisputed Ratings and how it gets demolished by Paw Patrol or any number of of like these shows that you or I would never watch, but have a million viewers. But First yep. Take, which is a hugely successful show in our realm, has 336,000 viewers on a random Tuesday in April, which is nothing. So yep. it, I'm worried that because Fox doesn't have the $2 billion in EBITDA or whatever coming in from these RSNs in the Fox Sports division, that they realize it's, on the margins, unprofitable to run studio shows on FS1. I hope I'm wrong, because I believe, I don't care how you feel about Skip Bayless or Colin Cowherd, it's a good thing for all of us that there's competition in the marketplace for salaries and ideas. And so I hope that they don't turn FS1 into what these RSNs were, which is essentially a vessel for games and not much else.
0: Yeah, I I uh I'm with you and I'm I'm with you on the uh you know uh, a week before the the deal actually got announced when, whenever it first came out that the RSNs were included at that point I thought okay uh Fox News goes back to News Corp that makes perfect sense and uh, I don't know whether it's going to be Sony or Turner or you know AT&T somebody's going to get the other stuff. Um that that was my thinking it sounds like you you're very aligned with that. Um, I do hope, uh, that, yeah, that
1: FS one, that's what you damn well hope. Uh,
0: well, I, you know, I, 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 you know, just, just for the, just for the fun of the, uh, the sports media coverage. I, I hope I'm wrong about that. Cause I mean, it would be, uh, it would be a lot of fun if, you know, Fox says, Hey, you know what? We're, we're going to go aggressively after sports rights. Um, you know, if Fox, sports, I, the you know, remaining wants to do that.
1: I predict Fox will go after those NHL rates. Um, A little birdie told me that Fox had it built into their Big Ten deal that they can air the NHL on Tuesday nights if they get those rights when it comes out. And that gives them, it's like tough for Fox to like figure out how to do all of this like Big Ten stuff. It's a lot, especially in college basketball. But I think that the NHL makes logical for them, especially come April, May, and June when they're in the playoffs, and it gives Fox some count- a little bit of counter programming for the NBA. It's not going to beat the NBA on ESPN and NBC, but it at least gives them like a way to not fold the night. And if you look at those, I think they're attractive for Fox. But I hope I hope Fox does go full throttle behind sports now, and like instead of these crappy scripted shows that Joe Buck is reading promos for every week and then don't exist seven weeks later, if they're airing sports on those nights instead, that would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, Kevin, i I floated that to Draper and, and he said it was crazy and I kind of agree with, with Draper that, it, that it's crazy. Uh, but, but I, but I hope it's right. Cause it will, it will just, it will just be much more fun if, uh, if that actually happens. So so we we didn't get cool. to it uh but but uh Orient also wrote about uh him thinking that uh that Fox will lose UFC but get WWE maybe and uh that you're a big WWE he and I guy. I disagree on that. Okay, give 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 uh give Orin's position and your position. Go.
1: Oren thinks uh the AT&T um Time Warner merger goes through early enough for them to poach the UFC rights from Fox, which it has not appeared as though Fox is bending over backwards to keep. Um, The UFC said publicly they were going to get $400 million in rights deals. Uh, That is a pipe dream. And you know what? Like, everybody who was like, like Fox was the second highest bidder for the UFC when it ultimately got bought by WME IMG. And the reason that they pulled back was they saw that UFC's projections for what they were going to get on this TV deal were out were out of their mind because they know what those rights are worth. And they're like, you're not going to get that. So they are holding a comparatively, they'd like to keep UFC at like in the low 200 million range, but they're not going to overpay for it. WWE on a weekly basis gets more viewers than um, than UFC does, but there is a like a lot of people there's still um, a stigma on WWE that it's fake and it has been declining on a really steady decline for fifteen years and there isn't a bottom in sight in terms of its viewership. But I I don't think that Fox would get um, WWE because of how much they have tied up in the Big Ten because it's WWE requires fifty two weeks a year five hours a week yep. Monday Tuesday night end of story I don't yeah, can't see can't put that on WWE FS2. moving to fr- I don't think you can you can't put it on FS two you can't put the Big Ten on FS two you um, I don't see the WWE going to Fridays because on Monday and Tuesdays is really where it's going to optimize its viewership. I know with out-of-home viewing sports on Fridays becomes a little bit more attractive, but I don't think that WWE benefits from out of home yeah, viewing in the football and football do. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so
1: it um I I don't see WWE on Fridays. I don't see Fox having room for them on Mondays or Tuesdays unless they do what I said before and start putting like the big 10 on big Fox during the week. And like, or like if they had WWE on big Fox, then that's a whole new story. If they have it on FS one, one night and big Fox the other night, or if there's some sort of split arrangement where raw is on USA and SmackDown is on big Fox, then we are talking. But if, as far as in a vacuum, putting WWE on FS one as a replacement for UFC, I don't see a way that it works out for both sides.
0: So, so what's your thought? It'll just stay with the NBC universal slash USA.
1: Yeah, I think it stays with USA. I think they add a third night of the week for NXT, which is their developmental minor league. And I think that they continue to pursue digital rights, um, for oddball events with like Facebook or whoever else wants to do it for streaming. They, I don't know if you saw, but they announced they're going to have like mixed tag team matches on Facebook as a little bit of a mutual trial run soon. I I can't see them putting raw or SmackDown on Facebook exclusive. Maybe they could have like side streaming rights on YouTube or Facebook It's so that people can watch it online and not have to watch it on television live. But my guess is it stays with USA.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but before you get out of here, have, have you uh, done any recent long form pieces you want to plug or plug the most recent one that you have done?
1: No, I haven't done any since the chat piece. I'm not working on any right now. I haven't thought of a really good one. They eat up a lot of time for how much traffic they get which is fine if I feel that I have, like, a really fascinating subject that I want to spend three or four months dedicated to researching, but um, I I haven't thought of a really good one to do of late.
0: Well, hopefully uh, you you have another one in 2018. Ryan, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, thank you for joining the podcast again. Always a pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me on. We'll talk again soon.
0: Thanks again to Ryan Glassbeagle for joining the podcast. You can find Ryan on Twitter via at That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-A-P-P-O-R-T. And I'm not sure if this is the last podcast before New Year's. So just in case, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. And if if you wind up with some uh, time to kill on your hands, you can find all the past podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SportstvRatings.com. Thanks for listening.